For RaceSchool.com, I'm Larry Mason here with Maria Sorreo, and when it comes to females covering the sport of auto racing, I've seen you at the Acura Grand Prix at Long Beach for many, many years. You're one of the hardest working people I've ever seen, male or female, and uh, welcome to Long Beach again. Yeah, from back in the day when it was the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach, right? We're, we're dating ourselves a few years, but yes, been coming here a long time. So talk to us, what do you actually do here? I see you uh, rolling around the paddock. What, yes. what do you actually do? So what we do is um, I have a show called Playing the Field, and it's a 30-minute sports show weekly. So I go around and talk to drivers, driving teams, create stories, and that's basically what we do. We just try to dig and find good stories from all the drivers. There's always good stories to find. Uh, what are some of, how long have you, well, let me ask you this. How long have you been coming to the Grand Prix? So it's interesting you say that. I just interviewed Elio Castro Neves, and I said, what was the first year you were here? He said, 1996. I said, okay, I think I was here in 2000, and he looks exactly the same. I said, you're not aging, Elio. So it's been 23 years. Yeah, and he's got some good stories to tell here, because he won here in 2001. He does, absolutely, yep. So what are some of the cool driver stories you've had over the years, things that stick out to you? I know there's a lot, but some that really stick out. You know, so many, because as I'm sure that you know, these guys are willing to do any kind of story. I mean, uh, I remember going back several years ago with the Ray Hall Letterman group, and I literally interviewed every single person on the team from tire man to engineer to drivers to PR to, I mean, I think it was like 26 people, but we really got to know what each person does, because it does take the entire team but the drivers of course get all the accolades so there's so many people you know just to talk to so that was super interesting um, I remember years ago uh, Elio and I'm trying to remember the other two drivers from Brazil I learned a little um, Portuguese and I interviewed them in Portuguese and so there were I think maybe three phrases and they all went along and had so much fun and then I'll never forget in 2001 uh, the first interview I ever did with Mario Andretti and my heart was pounding out out of my chest because growing up a racing fan in the Indy 500 fan Mario was the ultimate and as you know he just couldn't be nicer he's the most wonderful human being and so I don't remember what I said I'm sure I he was just nice and wonderful to me as a young reporter but that was probably one of the thrills of my life everybody I've talked to that has spent some time with Mario all they can say are good things. There's nothing bad to say. Nothing bad to say. And to this day, if he sees me, it's, hello, how are you? And I, I, I joke around and tell people, Mario Andretti sort of knows who I am. That's all I need. That's Everything else is fine. But to get that hello from Mario is always special. And I even had the opportunity to introduce him to my brother, who was a huge race fan. We both grew up race fans. So that was a thrill. Yeah, for sure. And arguably, uh, arguably, the greatest driver of all time. Yes, I think probably, yes. You can, you can say it was, you know, Al Unser. You can go back in the day and you can come all the way up to drivers like, you know, Scott Dixon now and Will Power and some of these great drivers. And the Colton Herd is people on their way back up. So, or on their way up, I should say. So, yeah, it's, it's such a great sport. And like I said, the most fun to just create stories with all of these drivers is just so much fun. And how did you get started in this field in the first place? So you're a race fan growing up, but how did you get started in this? So I actually started doing football. I was doing a show called NFL on Cox, which was Cox TV locally. And we did football stories. And when football was over, my boss said, hey, what are you going to cover now? And our studio was very close to Long Beach. And uh, we saw Long Beach Grand Prix. And I said, I would love to do that. And I had come here for years as a fan. And 
you know, put in our credential request, got accepted, and that was it. That was that pretty much set it off, and I've been coming here ever since. Yeah, it's a great event. Uh, everybody in racing will agree this is the number one event outside of the Indianapolis 500. Yes, and I did have a chance to go to the 100th running and cover that, which was a thrill of a lifetime. Um, you just, the feeling, just when you're here at the track, even in Indy or, um, gosh, we've been to Fontana, Sonoma, Las Vegas, and there, it's just very special, and there's a special camaraderie here, and even though those guys are competing against each other, they're all family, so it's, it's very cool to be around. Well, the thing I think about auto racing compared to stick and ball sports, uh, the consequences of making a mistake are extremely severe here. You might break a leg or an arm or tear an ACL or something, but death is not typically one of the things in the other sports. And I think the severity of knowing that uh, helps bring people together. They understand and ha they have that respect. They do, and I think that they also have just something very special in them that they don't think about that and when you see over the years you'll see a wreck and let's face it 99% of the time they come out knock on wood okay and that is the you can see the immense talent and just what they're able to do and you know I'm sure a normal person wouldn't be able to do that so they've just got such talent in the car knowing how to control it as best as they can and that's the most amazing thing like I said they come out okay yeah they've they've made great strides in safety in all of all forms of auto racing that's right. so if you were to give advice to an up-and-coming young female reporter uh, what would you what would be your maybe top three things you would let them know number one do the research and if it's something you love that's probably I mean that's the most fun thing to do anyway is do the research read as much as possible Possible as you can on anyone. Um, I mean, we see everything on our phones, you know, back to the, the newspaper days, but you just read. Read everything that you can on somebody and just be willing to work hard. It's not really about money. It's really about working hard and getting to do all those fun stories that you always want to do. So I think you said later on you're going to interview Ray Hall, the team, or driver? Yes, we're going to interview Graham Ray Hall and a couple other drivers that drive for, uh, for, for Ray Hall Letterman. So we're going to be over there, and uh, we'll be out at practice at 3 o'clock. So that'll be an interesting interview. I actually talked to Graham, uh, so you can hear that on another podcast. Oh, but uh, it, they've had a rough time this year, so it, they have to stay positive and mentally focused, and they all want to get better. They do, and something about Graham I learned a long time ago was when he first started out, he went out looking for his own sponsorship. He really grew up, I mean, he grew up, let's say, you know, face it, in this field with his dad, but he didn't want to just ride on the coattails of his father, which I had immense respect for. So he went out there pounded the pavement, got his own sponsors, and even drove for other people before he came to, to Ray Hall Letterman. So um, I love that about Graham. He's a hard worker, and yeah, it's, it is about persevering and really working very, very hard. And one of the stories I'm working on right now is um, how drivers keep their mental fortitude, because that's a tough, that's a tough thing to do in sports. Absolutely, and it's extremely critical uh, at the speeds that they're at. So, yeah. well, listen, Maria, we want to thank you for your time. Really appreciate your time today. Uh, you're always a pleasant sight in the paddock and, and uh, again, hardworking. And thank you for your time. We wish you the best of luck. And where can we see your show in Southern California? You can watch it on playingthefieldtv.com or you can see it on RPV TV Channel 33, which is on Cox and Verizon in the South Bay. 
Fabulous. Well, thanks again, and uh, have fun this weekend. Thanks. You do the same. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. RaceSchool.com. Larry Mason here again with Maria Sorreo. And I had mentioned earlier uh, that you were wheeling around the paddock. Uh, you're in a wheelchair. I am. And so, if you don't mind, we'll just ask you, how did this come about? So, it was from a car accident when I was five years old. Uh, but my parents just grew up saying you were going to do everything anybody else does. And so, I think that I grew up with the mindset of... I just did everything anybody else did um, and went to regular schools and as I got older I wanted to be an actress. People told me, well, people in wheelchairs are not actors, but I didn't listen, so I was hard-headed as my mother used to tell me. Um, and I, through acting, I actually worked um, on some video projects and that led me to interviewing an NFL player. And when I started interviewing the athletes, I thought, this is a lot of fun. Never thought about being a journalist at all. So I was very lucky to fall into it. And it's interesting because in racing, um, it, it, they're, they're very open here to things. I've never felt like I was out of place. I've really never felt like I was out of place anywhere, to be honest with you. Um, because I, I don't really make it the focal point of what I do. It's just something I used to get around in. And I think that with IndyCar especially, even NASCAR, you know, we've seen Sam Schmidt, who's in a wheelchair, and Robert Wickens, who is using a chair right now, and they just don't care. They, you know, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, it, no big deal, you know. And I think that's the point that you really want to get to is not to worry about it. Um, my cameraman Daniel's brother is in a wheelchair too. He does skateboarding, and so I think that the mindset is really changing. But you have to be the one to change it. You know, you have to let people know that it's okay, and then other people around you. It, it doesn't bother them. So it obviously doesn't phase you. You're used to it. It's, it's what you deal with every day. That's right. It's just what I deal with. And I look at it like everybody's got something to deal with. So this isn't even the worst thing I deal with sometimes on a daily basis. So <laughs> Yeah, that could be some rude people at, at times. <laughs> right? I mean, but sometimes I have a bad hair day. That's kind of the worst thing, okay? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. So. Well, you're not having a bad hair day today. Uh, you, you present yourself very well. So professional. And again, one of the hardest working people in this uh, industry. And we, again, we appreciate your time. Best of luck to you uh, this weekend and in the future. Thank you. And now that I know where you are, I'm going to have to do some interviews with you, too. <laughs> Everybody has a story, right? That's right. We'll have fun. <laughs> Take care, good. Maria. Thank you. you. As well. Thank you.